0: You may remember from the news a little over a year ago uh, when the United States withdrew its forces from Afghanistan, um, which turned back to Taliban rule after about 20 years of U.S. occupation. Uh, but according to a U.N. website called U.N. Women, says this, over the past 12 months, human rights violations against women and girls have mounted steadily. Despite initial promises that women would be allowed to exercise their rights within Sharia law, um, including the right to work and study, the Taliban has systemic yes, systematically excluded women and girls from public life. Restriction on women's movement and bodies continue to escalate. In May, the Taliban decreed that women must cover their faces in public and instructed them to remain in their homes except in cases of necessity. Women are banned from traveling long distances without a male chaperone, and unchaperoned women are increasingly being denied access to essential services. So obviously we see things have uh, reverted back uh, to where they were before the U.S. was over there, and uh, these uh, violations... Are increasing and probably going to get worse. So let's say, looking at this scenario, that there's a 12 year old girl living in Afghanistan who is certain to be subject to these conditions and probably more in the coming years. But let's say that she has a well to do uncle here in the United States. Um, who was fortunate enough to emigrate here a few years back. And somehow he still has connections over there. And somehow he is able to get her here. Okay. And then while she's here, she becomes a U.S. citizen. Okay. So here's the question. As a U.S. citizen, does the Taliban government have any more power over her? No, right? Is she subject? to those laws and limitations that we just read about? No, right? This is the essence of what Paul is talking about in Romans chapter 6. Let's look again at verse 2, starting at verse 2. He says this, How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we, too, might walk in newness of life. Let's look at it this way. The, the young girl in the illustration who has been made a U.S. citizen, we could say that she is immersed, right? That's the, what the word baptism means. She was immersed into U.S. culture, into our laws, our rights, our privileges, okay, as a U.S. citizen. Her old life, for all intents and purposes, is over. She has basically died to that life to live a new life as a United States citizen. You with me? Okay. Romans chapter 6, verse 5. Of great nations like like Rome, right a lot we deal with in the in the New Testament we talk about the Roman Empire, the once most powerful nation right on the face of the earth um, is not that way anymore, is it uh, had a lot of power, not so much anymore people, kings that have risen up and been deposed right um, in the same way, just like Uh, Again, in our illustration, the Afghan government has lost its power over our young lady. Sin has lost its power over those who have trusted Christ, over those who have been born again by the Holy Spirit, whose old lives, the Scripture says, have been crucified and have new lives then empowered by that same Holy Spirit. You say, but Pastor, we're not sinless, (laughs) right? We all still sin. Yes, we do. So let's say that after coming to America, our young lady lives in a pro Afghan community, okay, where they still culturally hold on to those same laws and limitations. And as she grows up in that community, she never knows any different. She's never taught any different. How is she going to live? She's going to live the exact same way, isn't she? As if she was living over in Afghanistan. Even though, legally, she is free from that power. She's still going to live as though she was subject to it. Likewise... If you and I don't know, if we're not taught what the Scripture says about our relationship to sin, if all we've ever been taught is that, yeah, our sins have been forgiven and we're going to heaven someday, and between now and then, we're just going to kind of have to muddle through. If that's what we've been taught, that's how we're going to live. We're we're not going to live in the power of the resurrection. We're going to muddle through. Remember, as we think in our hearts, so are we, right? If we think we can't overcome weaknesses and temptations, we won't. But here is what the scripture says, verse 6, that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Verse 4, that we too might walk in newness of life. 1 Thessalonians chapter four verse three says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification. God's will for us is that we would be sanctified, that we would be set apart to walk in his ways, led by his spirit, empowered by his spirit. This is the will of God. I think sometimes we as Christians, we, we set this whole thing about being good enough for heaven. Right? Are you saved? What does saved mean? Saved means that I'm going to heaven someday. Saved means that, that I, I've been forgiven of my sins, I've been cleansed, and I'm going to heaven someday. Salvation is much more than someday. Salvation is now, and salvation is as much about this life as it is about the next one. This is the will of God, that we, as believers, would be sanctified, that we would be set apart, that we would become more and more, here and now, like Jesus Christ. And if it's his will for that to be, then obviously he's made provision for that. And that is the power of the resurrection. But we have to know it, we have to understand it, In order to apply that and walk in it in our lives. Second Peter chapter one verse four. He has granted to, I love this. I love this verse. He has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Look at that. First of all, he's granted to us these precious and very great promises. Why? Why the promises in the Scripture? So that through them we may become partakers of the divine nature, the nature of God. Colossians calls Jesus the image of the invisible God. When we want to look, say, what does, what would it look like for a human being to be a partaker of the divine nature, we can look at Jesus, can't we? We can see His his love, His care, His compassion. We can see um, just being led by God, being being fully committed to the will of God in His life, how the miraculous worked in and through His life. But we can see his, His character, His nature, His faithfulness, His truthfulness... And and when it comes right down to it, the fact that He so loved us, He was willing to go to the cross. Right? We see the nature and character of God lived out in human flesh. And God is saying, this is what I have for my people. By the power of the resurrection, the old person crucified, the old life is done, I am going to live in you by my Holy Spirit, and I'm going to empower you to be like me. Is it instantaneous? (laughs) No, it's not, right? It's not. Partakers of the divine nature. The story is told of an old lumberjack that came into a trading post one day and the owner says, I've been waiting for you to come in. I am so excited. I have something that's going to absolutely revolutionize your business. It's a brand new thing on the market. It's called a chainsaw. He says, you've you, you, you got to have one of these. It, it, you, you're you're going to love it. You're going to love it. So the guy says, okay, I'll take it. And he takes it home. He is there first thing the next day, pounding on the guy's door before he even opens up. He says, forget this thing. It's a piece of junk. I barely got two trees cut down yesterday. The guy's like, really? I tested this thing out myself. So he goes outside. He pulls the thing. goes, Brrr. The guy goes, what's that noise? See, we have the promises in the book. They're there. We have the power of the resurrection. It is there. It is available. We've got to pull the cord, right? We've got to get the thing started. We've got to understand what God is telling us. And, and, and again, meditate on that. We talked about that last week. Meditate on that until we understand the truth. The old person is gone. The old life is gone. God's plan, His 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 purpose, not His demand. Okay, not His demand on me now that I gotta toe the line. No, I used to live in that. I've, I've told you about that. No, it's His plan, His good and perfect purpose for our life, and he supplies what we need to begin to flesh that out day by day. But if we don't know the power we have in the Holy Spirit, we're going to try in our own effort, right? We started out talking about how to overcome temptation. If we don't know the power that we have in him, we're going to try by our own willpower. How's that working for us? So I have to tell my wife, you know, just don't 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 even bring the stuff home, because if it's there, I'm gonna eat it, right? Ah. So, yeah, trying in our own strength, trying in our own willpower, no. We've got to understand the power that God has for us through His Holy Spirit. Because remember, as we think in our hearts, so are we, right? And remember last week I said that we would apply that truth in a couple of ways. So the first one is as we think in our hearts. What do we think deep down? What do we believe deep down about ourselves? Is it I am who I always have been, always will be, I can't, I can't. That temptation's too big for me. That's just the way it is. Is that what we believe in our heart? Or we do we believe in our hearts about ourselves, what the Scripture says about us? And how do we change that? We talked about meditating in the Scripture. Remember, a cow has four stomachs, right? You read the Scripture. You you say, okay, I see the point. You swallow it. You bring it back up. You chew on it. until. See, this is the beauty of this person called the Holy Spirit. It's his job to open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Right? We sing that song, open the eyes of my heart, open my understanding until that printed word on the page becomes reality in my heart. That's a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to do it yourself. Anybody glad about that? But, but, but we need to read it. <laughs> we don't read it. We're never going to know what's in there. We have to read it and meditate on it and think about it and pray over it and say, Holy Spirit, do your work in me. Show me this truth until uh, I know that I know that I know that it's true. Until that's what I believe deep down in my heart. right? So it's, it's as, um, as we think in our hearts. Deep down, the other part of that phrase is "As we think, as we think, period, as we think." right? Second um, Corinthians chapter 10, verse five says this. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Where do we find the knowledge of God? In his word, right? We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Taking every thought captive. In other words, intentionally choosing to think in line with the word of God versus what our culture says, what our past experience says, what our human reason says, what our feelings say. Take, for example, Peter. Okay, remember Peter? Peter walked on the. Wa- Peter walked on the water. right? I mean, yeah, we get it that Jesus did, but Peter walked on the water. Matthew 14. Jesus, Jesus was out there himself commanded Peter to step out of the boat and come to him, and Peter did. What would, what would Peter's culture have said about the ability of a human being to walk on water? Right? How do you spell that? What would human reason say about the ability of a human being to walk on water? Yeah. What would would Peter's feelings say about his ability to walk on water? What would Peter's past experience tell him about his ability to walk on water, right, as a fisherman? But Peter took all of those thoughts captive, didn't he? Because he believed, he believed if Jesus, who he knew to be the Son of God, he knew and believe that if Jesus told him to come that he could do it that trumped what culture said what past experience said what reason said right all of those is feelings now that's an extreme example to be sure but think about it as we're talking about thoughts we think thousands of thoughts every day don't we? Thousands of them. From the minute we open our eyes in the morning, even before we open our eyes in the morning. Should I open my eyes today? <laughs> Do I want to get out of bed today? Right? We think thousands of thoughts. What are those thoughts telling us? Specifically, what are those thoughts telling us about who we are in Jesus Christ? Right? Look in the mirror before you've had your coffee in the morning. What does it tell you? <laughs> you are created in the image of God. You are awesome. Now you're thinking, oh, boy, here we go again. <sighs> right? But, but what are our thoughts telling us? What are our thoughts telling us throughout the day about the promises and the power of God at work to transform our lives? I dare say, if you're like me, that there are some conflicts. Right, My thoughts don't immediately go to, wow, I am empowered by the Holy Spirit today, let's go. Carpe diem, you know, let's seize the day here. Don't always think like that all day long. How about you? Anybody? anybody right? Or are we thinking, boy, I hope such and such doesn't happen. If that happens, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know, how I'm going to handle that. I hope this isn't, you know... This situation doesn't escalate, or this situation's never going to change. Something I'm dealing with now, right? It's never going to change. Never going to get better. Or I just can't deal with this. You know, I'm facing this thing at work, or at school, or at home, or I, I, I just, I just can't deal with this. I just, this is no, right? Or I just can't overcome this weakness or this temptation. Same one I've had forever. Just not going to win against this. And as I think in my heart, so am I. Let's say it together. As I think in my heart, so am I. Remember that phrase from Proverbs. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewal of your mind. By taking thoughts captive. It's, it's interesting to me. Um, I mean, there's books, secular books, lots of them written on the power of positive thinking. You know, how, how many how many people saw the movie, What About Bob? If if not, you need to see the movie Richard Dreyfuss. Some people say I look like him, but um, anyway, now you're all going to think that. Um, You know, here's here's what Bill Murray. I think it is. You know, he's walking through. I feel good. I feel great. I feel wonderful. I feel good. I feel great. I feel self taught. You know, some of that is scientifically proven, right? That our thoughts work on our emotions, you know, sow a thought, get a feeling, get a a habit, and and our lives eventually reflect what we are thinking. But who knew that principle before the scientists ever figured it out? And psychologists, who knew that principle? God did. He made us. He knows how we work. That's why he says, meditate in my word. Right? David said, I have hidden your word in my heart so I don't sin against you. He's in the word. He's he's learning about who he is and who God is. And the things that we think about are are going to be the things that we do, the way that we live. So he says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Ever read that before? Think about these things. It's, it's intentionality in our thought life. God knew the principle. We're not trying to take God out of it. We're trying to put him into it because we want to be thinking all of these things, whatever is true, honorable, just, whatever, is we're going to find that in the Word of God. Right? So, put all of that together. As we're, as we're, I mean, obviously this has much broader applications than overcoming temptation. Right? But putting it all together in the context of overcoming temptation. How do we do it? By causing what we think in our hearts, what we believe deep down to be true, to be that which God reveals to us in His Word. Not my past life, not my feelings, right? And how do we do that? By meditating in the Word of God. And what God has shown us in Romans chapter 6 is hey, you're not powerless against sin. I destroyed the power of sin at the cross. You don't have to say yes to that thing. You are not as weak as you think. I've taken the teeth out of that thing. Right? How many would be, um, you know, um, well, I was going to say, what, what would happen if you took the, the teeth out of a lion? Um I mean he's still big enough to knock you down, but you know, but you, you know where I'm going with it, right? I mean, to look at that lion is just, he's gonna, you know, devour me alive, but then you find out he's got no teeth. Different story kind of thing, right? So yes, sin, temptation, it looks huge. It looks enormous. But Jesus took the teeth out of it when he rose from the dead. We don't have to say yes. Right? Not in our own strength, in the power of the Holy Spirit. But we gotta know it in our hearts. And number two, not only, not only what we think in our heart, deep down, understand and know, but intentionally thinking in line with that truth. And here's, here's, it's, it's taking our thoughts captive, right? Saying, uh uh that's a lie. right? When those thoughts come... And, and here's the challenge um, this week. I want to challenge you in this. Listen to your thoughts. Listen to your thoughts. What are they telling you? Are they telling you that you are dearly loved by God? Are they telling you that He rejoices over you with singing? Are they telling you that your old life is gone, done, away with? That, that that he has given you the power of his spirit and the power of the resurrection is yours for the taking? To walk in victory? Are they telling you that? Or are they telling you a bunch of other stuff that uh, exalts itself against the knowledge of God? Listen to your thoughts this week, as I will. Because... I fall into the same traps as everybody else. You know, there's a lot of voices out there that we can listen to. So, intentionally, then, taking those thoughts, Captain, saying, uh uh, that's a lie. The truth is, I am not weak in Christ. The truth is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thank you. That's the truth. And instead of thinking, I can't do it, I'm weak, I'll never be able to, I can't deal with this anymore. No, it's like, nope. Put, in a, put on a new record. Yes, thank you, Lord, that I can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens me. I thank you for the power of the rest. Turn it into a prayer, right? Bring God's presence into it. I thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me, who you've made me. And I might not be totally there yet, let's be honest. But God's Word says that we are transformed from glory to glory to glory, right? We've said this before. We're not talking perfection. We're talking progression. And He's given us what we need. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we do thank You for the power of the resurrection. We thank you, Lord, that you came to us in weakness, in darkness, in sin. We were lost. And you not only forgave us our sin and and punched our ticket for heaven, but you've given us a defeated foe who who, who lies constantly. Um, Help us not to listen to those lies. Help us to realize that you have conquered the power of sin. And to realize what power of the resurrection is available to us. Lead us into your word, Lord. Speak to us until we know that we know that we know. And help us to take those thoughts captive. That they might line up with your word of truth. Thank you for that. In your awesome name we pray. Amen.